Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Hey, everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J, Jeff here. This is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever WrestleTalk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. WrestleTalk. Hello and welcome to the WrestleTalk podcast, NXT-flavoured edition. I am El Fakador Laurie Blake and I am joined not by Adam Blompier because he's returned to the motherland. I'm joined by Louis Dango. How's it going, mate? The fact you didn't call me Nugget, is, is it, it's good, yeah. It's better than if Adam was here and would have called me Nugget. So I'm happy to be here. You know I don't like normally doing podcasts. You lot have to beg me on a daily basis. Can you do this? Can you do that? So... To, to get out of bed and to, to, I guess, pull off the microphone and dust myself off and come and do this was, was a big deal. So you should really be honoured. No, thank you very much for being here, Nugs. Uh, anyway, we're talking about a major injury that happened on NXT this week and the curse of 2020 uh, in this week's show. Here it is. There was a pretty sickening-looking injury on NXT last night. Another in a long line of injuries that NXT has had. Has NXT had the most cursed main event picture of 2020? Let's jump right in, and we'll talk about uh, this section with Rich Holland and his beef crisps. Because Rich Holland came out to face off against Danny Burch. Obviously, Rich Holland had a very big part to play at the end of TakeOver 31, dumping a beat-up Adam Cole over the barricade in front of Kylo Riley to sort of close out the show. Um, You had this kind of... They were trying to get an answer from Rich Holland earlier in the show, and he turns up in a Mercedes, and he was like, well, before I did the thing to Adam Cole, I didn't have a Mercedes, and now I do. Here's my Mercedes. No, not a real explanation of why. Like, maybe he was paid to beat up Adam Cole, I guess, is kind of where they might be going with that. But that'll probably all be put on hold now because Rich Holland comes out for a match with Danny Birch, who is obviously, if Rich Holland is beef crisps, Danny Birch is salt and salt-flavoured crisps. Uh, They had a pretty, like... It was actually quite a cool match. Like Birch mm. got a lot of offense in as they went along. Um, and there was some really fun stuff. But post-match, Ridge made the mistake of kicking Birch in the back of the head and sort of like a playful little like beat you. Birch didn't take that very kindly, got up, and then Ridge started headbutting him. Lorcan runs down and sort of tries to make the save. 
they have this pull apart brawl. Like I would have loved to have seen that, like an only Lorcan versus Rich Holland match. But there's this moment where Lorcan does a slingshot dive to the outside. Um, and as uh, Rich is obviously being a base and going to catch him, his left knee seems to just fold in on itself. Mm. Uh, if you've seen the thumbnail for this video, which I'm assuming you have because you've clicked on it, if you would listen to the podcast, uh, I would look for it. Um, it is, it made me shout out loud. How yeah. like my girlfriend was like, is something wrong? What's happened? I was like, it's a wrestling thing. Someone's, someone's had something awful happen. Uh, um, yeah, it looked really, really horrible. And it like immediately stopped everything that was going on. He was still laying there after they came back from the break. Um, it looks like he's going to be out for a very long time considering what's just happened. And yeah, it's another person at the top of kind of NXT who's been injured. Like we just had Karrion Cross win the title and immediately have to relinquish it and go out injured. Finn Balor in his first big defense has broken his jaw in two places, which I don't think they're going to take the belt off him because you don't want to do that again immediately. Uh, I think you've sort of, you've got to sort of uh, think that they'll just wait for him to recover with the belt and, and do some sort of number one contendership stuff. But one of those number one contendership things and one of those sort of like top of the car things to build seemed to be about Rich and Adam Cole and the Undisputed Era. And that seemed like he was going to be really pushed into big things going forward. And now, yeah, this another person struck down. It, it, it's so unfortunate because, and I mean, firstly, thoughts out to Rich because it looked, mm. It's sickening. As you said, you shouted out, I was eating my breakfast when I was scrolling through Twitter and I was a bit like, I don't, I don't know if I can eat anymore. I feel a bit queasy. It was, his leg just buckled. It felt sort of similar to the Seth Rollins injury that he had a few years ago, not in terms of the fall, but in terms of you could see his knee go and you're like, yeah, your knee's not supposed to do that. Um, mm. it, it is hard because NXT clearly had a lot of stock in Ridge. Uh, I know we hear, oh, Vince McMahon is high on NXT, high on blah, 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 whatever. But you could see it on TV. They were putting a lot of stock in him. He's not had a lot of TV matches, and he was the closing shot of TakeOver, really. And then this happens. It is so unfortunate. And I feel bad for him, obviously, but also NXT, because Finn Balor, Carl O'Reilly certainly wasn't the TakeOver plan they had, because it was going to be carrying cross. So a lot of their main event feuds are, having to change constantly. And that can't be something that's easy for anyone to deal with, especially when you're in a, I guess, head-to-head -head war and your TV shows really do matter. So it is difficult. We obviously don't know how long Ridge is going to be out for, but and we don't want to speculate, but by looking at it, it doesn't look like it's going to be a, oh, he'll be fine by next week. It really looks like he could be out for a, for an extended period of time. So it, it's difficult. And I don't know where they go from here, really. As I'm not a doctor, I don't want to say a, a time, but it looks like a sort of six months at least kind of deal. And yeah, it's a shame because it just it feels like NXT has always been struggling against um, just a happenstance this year. It's been fighting against this series of like un, like misfortune all year, plus also dealing with a pandemic that everything, everyone else has been dealing with. Like it really is like, and they've made such a good go of it as well. I think like mm. the, the lead into TakeOver 31, Adam and I last week were praising them massively saying they've managed to make a show that has been thrown together in about two weeks. Really feel like it's going to be the most important bit of NXT TV that you've seen. Like, you know, that TakeOver 31 wasn't realistically very long after TakeOver 30. Um, 
everything changed after TakeOver 30. They needed kind of some big stuff to do. Finn Balor was only really decided as a champion very quickly after, mm. uh, you know, TakeOver 30 and Karen Cross's injury. And now he's already picked up an injury. You've got Ridge with an injury. They are really struggling to keep the kind of top level of talent um, healthy. And I'm not saying that's, that, that's you know, th- these are all, it's just and the nature of the game. Finn and, and Kyle obviously went out and put on an absolute showstopper and it was a strong style match. And these are the kind of things that can happen in a strong style match. Yeah. Ridge, this is, you can't really, you can't count for something where your leg might just go. It can just go at any time, especially if you have been a, a rugby player, like my brother had to have his knee recon- like reconstructed after rugby injury, after rugby injury. You know, like there's just wear and tear that eventually one day something just happens and it is such a shame because yeah Ridge really did seem like he was about to get a big push in the big push um and end up you know somewhere really high on the card I think NXT's like where do they go from here though Nugs what's gonna happen mate what what are they gonna do the thing is and it's not like a Raw or Smackdown where realistically you can hold out a couple months for a few Adam Cole and Undisputed Era might be up on the main roster by the time Bridges uh, uh, sort of recovered and healthy. So it is going to be difficult. And I, I kind of like the who done it thing. So we obviously know Ridge attacked Adam, but there was the insinuation that someone paid him, which could have again slotted someone else into that main event picture. So I guess we don't technically have to have Pat, Pat McAfee. It's going to be Pat McAfee. He's really it? rich. It's Pat McAfee. It's going to be Pat McAfee. It's going to be. But you, so for that, you don't need Ridge there, I guess, or don't need him wrestling. You can have mm. him, I guess, if they want to, obviously give him some time off to recover and surgery, possibly. We don't know. But if he needs that, he could just be there as muscle on TV yeah. and just someone to stand behind. I'd probably do that to keep him relevant. And then I guess if it is Pat McAfee or whoever it is, have them start the feud with Cole and sort of extend, sort of, I guess, cut short the who done it part, who paid him, sort of the clothes, just go straight to it. It is so difficult for NXT because now if I'm, if I'm, especially if I'm Tommaso Ciampa and people are talking about, oh, uh, he'd be the one to beat Finn for the title. I don't want that title. I want to stay in the upper mid card where I'm not in the injury scene. I want to because that title is cursed. Yeah, there is. It's had a bad year. (laughs) It has had a bad year. It's it, but and as you said about the Ridge thing, what can you do? It's not like NXT is going saying going out there. You know what? You're relatively green. Do a top rope somersault, land on your feet. It was just a standard dive that his Mm. legs buckled through. It's not like they're telling their wrestlers go out there and I guess do things that you're not like your body's not capable of doing it's just a standard thing and accidents do happen in wrestling he's proven so, himself so... completely capable of catching dudes from the air like you know he, yeah he's, he's a very strong man um I, yeah i just and i just think like it is a shame and um it, you know nxt has been struggling to maintain any kind of course and any kind of long-term storytelling this year just because of the sheer volume of injuries and changes and obviously people having tested positive for a certain thing this year and having to go into isolation just at the moment that something was going to be happening, blah, blah, blah. There's been a lot of constant like ducking and diving in terms of like the storytelling. However, I think NXT has done a remarkable job with this. And I think NXT in the interim has managed to 
suddenly elevate this entire new echelon of people like the mid card scene the north american title scene that got gutted just after keith lee like just before keith lee left like all these people were taken to be part of like record uh sorry retribution reckoning is one of them retribution uh and i've just forgotten about i've just I've had to delete them from my brain because it hurts my heart um despite the fact that obviously the Ali stuff's quite cool. Um, yeah, so they've been taken to be Retribution and they took a load of people to be on the main roster that never really appeared or whatever. And then they've sort of given back Austin Theory and stuff this year. There's been all sorts of like, we're going to take this person, take this person. All these people that NXT has invested time in, they've just been uh, moved on kind of unceremoniously in some cases, like Mercedes Martinez. Um, and... NXT has still managed to be like, okay, well, there's here's this other person waiting in the ring, uh, waiting in the wings, and that sort of like North American uh, title competition really proved that. And I think also just the the, the sudden elevation of Kyla Riley to I'm a main eventer in my own right. Like you know, it's not just Adam Cole who can who can main event a takeover. Kyla Riley can do that against Finn Balor. Like NXT has this fantastic wealth of talent and. You know, the, the sad thing is that injuries obviously take you away from the story they were telling, but it does provide opportunities for other people to grow into new spaces. So I am excited to see what NXT will do to counter this, how they're going to get around Finn's injury specifically. Like, I don't think they're going to take the belt off him. Um, I just don't think they'd want to tell that, retread that ground again so quickly after what just happened with Karrion uh, Cross. But I think they'll come up with a creative solution I'd be interested to see what they do with the Rich Holland and like if someone was paying him to attack Adam Cole, if they fast track that to give someone else that role. Um, I think in adversity, NXT, generally speaking, manages to pull it out of the bag and dig really deep and provide something brilliant to watch. So I'm really, I'm gutted for, I'm gutted for Ridge, I'm gutted for Finn, I'm gutted for Karrion Cross this year for their injuries. And I hope they all have speedy recoveries. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, hopeful most of all that nxt manages to find a kind of way through this the uncertain waters that is booking in the 2020 uh, and we get something really brilliant coming into the next takeover and, and also into halloween havoc i guess because there'll be some big matches going on there Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Do you like wrestling? Do you like improv? Do you like role-playing games? And you'll love No Rolls Barred, presented by the WrestleTalk Podcast Network. Six players come together to create a fictional wrestling promotion, roll dice, and create the kind of insanity that real companies could only dream of creating. Can Tony the Milkman survive the twilight of his career and still find time to care for his wrestling son? Can the Denimatrix overcome the vicious apex and achieve total denimation? Can brothers Golden Joe and Silver Bro coexist exist as a tag team before they combust. Find out now with the wrestling show that everyone's talking about. No Rolls Barred is available wherever you get your podcasts and only presented on the WrestleTalk Podcast Network. Let's talk about the rest of the show though, Louis, uh, and let's just run through things as they happen. So we started with a uh, recap of NXT TakeOver 31, uh, and we were also at the Capital Wrestling Center again for this. We got uh, kind of, they pushed pushed the big Ridge Holland injuring Adam Cole and dumping him over the thing and saying that Finn was injured, but we'll hear more about that later. Um, we then got told that Tomasa Champa and Kushida had had a bit of a fracas backstage and they were being put into a match by William Regal, who was the booking champion of the evening. He was just coming out like, William Regal knows he's got two hours of wrestling to book on a Wednesday night. And he comes into it being like, this is happening tonight. This is happening tonight. This is happening tonight. And you're like, well, why didn't you book? What was going to happen otherwise? If you hadn't booked, mm. he hadn't booked the main event and he hadn't booked the show opener until the show began. What are you playing at, William Regal? Unbelievable. This match did not go the way that I thought it was going to go. Like, this is Tommaso Ciampa. And I know that Kashida is obviously in the process of getting a bit of a push. That's really great. I love Kashida. Vicious Kashida is one of my new favorite things. But yeah, I really wasn't expecting Kashida to just take so much of this match against Tommaso Ciampa, right? It NXT, and they they do this a lot, but here was so clear. Apart from the commentary making one note, these are two people that haven't really mixed or haven't at all. And they managed to make this feel like a blood feud that had been spilling over for weeks in this match. And that is that that is exceptionally hard to do. So kudos to them, because that made it, it felt like a vicious takeover match, which is awesome. And I think, as you say, Vicious Kashida is one of your favorite things. Kashida on TV is one of my favorite things. The fact that we're now getting him, it feels like a new signing. It feels because we haven't seen him for so long, or when we have, it's been a week here, a week there. It feels like a fresh, like blood in NXT, which, as you mentioned earlier, when we're talking about injuries and 
uh, Keith Lee going up and carrying Cross and now Ridge Holland. It seems like we do need a bit of fresh blood. So I think him taking the majority of the match was the right call, definitely against an established guy like Tommaso Ciampa. But yeah, I didn't see this going the way it did, and it was a fantastic match. I mean, if you told me Kushida versus Tommaso Ciampa two years ago, that would have been, it still is, but it would have been a dream match that I just wouldn't have thought was possible. And this really kind of lived up to the expectations that I had going in watching it. And then I guess with the ending, it sort of screeched to a halt. Yeah, I mean, because, yeah, this this as a match is a takeover worthy match, in my opinion. Uh, it's a good it's a smart one to do on the, on the show after a takeover as well. It's it's a good sort of like we're keeping that excitement rolling. Uh, I really like Kushida coming out in jeans, obviously. Like I like the fact that Kushida's still wearing the Marty McFly thing, despite the fact he's dead serious now. It feels to me like, you know, when they do like um, in like Terminator, when Sometimes Arnie takes a wears a costume that's a bit stupid. You won't have watched this, will you? But other people will have known this. Like when you dress a robot up in a silly outfit, like that's it. He's like a killing machine now, Kashida, and he's coming out kind of dressed a bit goofy. Um, I love it. It's great. And yeah, this this whole thing is like this new Kashida just works over your arm in this most horrible fashion. He like immediately got hold of Champa's arm, bent it backwards, did the running bulldog on it, locked it up. Uh, there was a great bit where he goes for a handspring and Champa cuts him off with a drop kick. They brawl to the outside and Champa looks for Widow's Bell, but then slams Kushida into the announce desk and Kushida slips under him, runs back into the ring and hits the handspring as Champa tries to get back in. Um, and it all ends with this amazing little flurry of offense from Kushida where he does like, he blocks a fairy tale ending, stomps on Champa's arm, Uranagi's him into the turnbuckle, German suplex, kicks him in the head and then gets him in like a snap thing, uh, like snaps his arm into an arm bar and Champa picks him up and has to powerbomb him. Uh, Kushida gives him a big right hand, holds the arm behind his back, stomps him for ages on the back of his head and then locks in the hoverboard lock. Um, and then this is where they're sort of like wrestling over like this hoverboard look and Champa's like starting to get up and then Dream comes down uh, and tries to blindside Kushida but sort of jumps into Champa, uh, giving Champa the win. Uh, importantly, keep his heat alive, my boy. And then uh, Kushida just makes a mockery of Dream's running here because Dream's like jumps in, hits Champa and then starts like running at Kushida who just tips him out of the ring like it's nothing and chases him off. Uh, and yeah, I, do, I don't necessarily get the point of Dreams. Like, it's just, obviously, we're going to extend this feud. But are, what are they doing with Velveteen Dream here? Are they, is this a, like a long-form punishment for something that they're doing with him? Or is it like uh, they're still just continually testing the waters to see how the audience responds to what they're going to do with Velveteen Dream? Do they think that, I don't, I just don't get it. Like, I don't think he's providing much in terms of like televisual content. And yeah, I get you don't want to have a decisive victor of Kushida and Champa in their first match ever, but this felt like a bit of a waste of time. Um, and yeah, I, I, you know, cause it looked like Kushida was so close to victory there as well. Like I really would have, it kind of, sometimes I think you can just have a decisive winner and not have anyone lose anything. Tommaso Champa is still Tommaso Champa at the end of the day, like taking a loss to, to, to this new vicious Kushida could just bring out an even more vicious aspect yeah. of Tommaso Champa post-match. And then he gets his heat back mm. or, whatever has to happen. But yeah, it, it felt like Dream's inclusion here was just unnecessary. It's just it's just the, we didn't want a winner. So we had to have Dream come down and do something. Yeah. And you can tell that by how handily he was dispatched by Kushida. He didn't even hit Kushida. He jumps in, hits Champa, and then is like dumped, kicked, dumped, yeah. dumped, dumped, runs to the back. 
I don't, I don't particularly like that, but I am very keen to see Champa and Kashida if that's where they're going to continue to do things. Like if they keep pushing that agenda, I'm into it. How about you? It it's difficult because, as you say, you don't want a decisive winner. I guess with this, is, and as you said, I think you hit the nail on the head perfectly. I would have had Kashida win, and then Champa sort of go on a tear, attack him uh, post match show. He gets his heat back, and then you get more of a character development from him because when he returned it seemed like we're getting a really dark side to Champa with his like amazing attack on Jake Atlas and seems like we're sort of getting there but slower than I would have expected us to so I think this could have been a good way to extend that um and there were still but there were still teasers that this match could happen again in the future which as you said fantastic but with the dream thing it is confusing it seems like listen we're gonna put you on tv but you're gonna be beaten I guess, as you say, to test the waters, it's like, hey, we're not giving him wins, but we're still putting him on TV. It is a difficult one for for all, I guess, all involved. I know a lot of people have said that they, they were sort of taken out of the takeover match because of Velveteen Dream. And if you want to do it in a way that puts Kushida over, I guess, as the top babyface in the company, beating up Velveteen Dream isn't the worst thing to do. But it's... He seems like he's, they're both showing, he, like all three of these people involved were showing heelish tendencies. Sort of Dream interfered in the match. Champa's being, been a bit of sort of a more ruthless side and Kashida's been stamping on people's arms. So I'm not sure where, what the actual story is, where it's going, sort of what, what we're leading to. And yeah, what heat Dream has is in, not heat backstage, but heat in the feud. Because every time we've seen him, he's just been beaten up by Kashida. And no, yeah. but no one wants to see him beat Kushida up, if that makes sense. It's not the sort of booking work we see with Drake Maverick, I guess, where even they haven't handled that, I guess, amazingly. But he gets beaten up, he gets beaten up, he gets beaten up. And you want to see him then beat up, for example, Santos Escobar. No one yeah. wants to see Dream beat up Kushida. So where are we going? I don't really know. Well, yeah, because at the moment he's just a plot point or like he's like deus ex machina. He's just there to like fudge the end of a match. He doesn't actually have a stake in the match. Yeah. He doesn't, you know, he's, is he going to get anything out of it as a as a wrestling character? Can he really get anything out of it at this exact moment in time? Like, I, yeah, I know I've said it before on this podcast loads of times. I would just take him off TV for a while and bring him back yeah. a bit later. Um, it would just make sense. But Kushida and Champa, that was, I think the match was brilliant. Like I loved the back and forth. I thought they would have each other's numbers. I would love to see a long form takeover match with them too. I think you could have built this having a one-up and chip of viciousness that leads to a double count out. And I think as much as like people don't like double count outs, I think it would have worked here with these two because I think they the sudden disregard for the rules of the wrestling match would have been quite interesting between them as they both like attempt to drive each other into worse and worse situations around the ring. Uh, that would have been really fun. Like double countouts where it's like they just brawl and it, you know, it quickly happens because there's, they're just too busy fighting and not paying attention. Being like, I'm actually going to kill you rather than let the match mm. go on. Like that there's some, there's a layer there. Anyway, after that, we saw Ember Moon come back. Loves lovely stuff. Um, she got the big welcome back chance. Uh, she said she was been she'd been in isolation for fourteen long hard months, uh, and she saw that a lot of things had changed. It. I was just waiting for this moment where she was going to be like, "And I'm a heel now," and she never did. I, so I'm pleased because like everyone else that's come back has very quickly been like, "Babyface pop, I'm a heel now." Refresh the character. So I like this sort of like 
she had a bit of a different edge. Uh, she said she took a bike out and she drove on the road, a long road for miles and miles and miles and miles. And she found corny as it sound, Ember's Law, which means that she's not going to take anyone else, anyone's S anymore. Uh, she said that Mama also wants some gold, baby, which then causes Io Shirai to come out and uh, come down to the ring. And they're just about to have a face off and you're just getting pumped. And then Rhea Ripley's music arrives and she comes out and says, I love the new attitude, Ember, but she gets jumped by Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai. And Ember rushes in to start saving Ripley and beating up Kai and Gonzalez. And that's when William Regal's like, aha, finally, a main event presents itself that I didn't, hadn't planned for in this. Well, you can say EW, mate. You've got to book the show. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> And I like this section because this this felt to me like I know WWE loves to do the revolving door of people coming like, no, no, I am here for a championship. No, no, me for a championship. No, no. And they do that. Oh, this is a Raw and SmackDown thing that happens all the time. And it takes 20 minutes of the show. This happened all in the space of five minutes and was just a reminder of just how good the top tier of the women's division in NXT is. Like when you get Ember Moon coming back off her big return, Io Shirai, one of the most amazing champions, one of the most amazing performers they've had in the ring uh, on the women's side of things, like comes out and then Rhea Ripley comes out. You're just like, oh my God, there is some, we are in for a treat with some matches in the future. So I am really pleased. I thought I was stoked by this segment. Mm. Um, and yeah, when they announced the main event, I was like, this is going to be great. Um, get to see Ember Moon back in action on this show. When they got Drake Maverick arriving, gone, gone. on. What are you going to say? I was going to say this segment, was just it was basically just like look at our women's division it's amazing and Io Shirai did this beautiful thing afterwards where she was talking backstage where she basically said something to the extent of like Rhea Ripley's not my problem uh uh Ember Moose not my problem my problem's the title and it basically summed up everything in the perfect it, it perfectly it wasn't like women's women's storylines are about friendships they're not about I guess petty things they're about championships and that's what a women's feud should be and these five women were just like okay look at our women's division we've then got candice LeRae who was involved in a segment later on we've got tony storm who had a vignette played we've got shotzi blackheart who was in action later nxt's women's division is i think their strongest point and it's the mm -hmm. point that a heart like sort of differentiates them the most from other brands out there even like the main roster and AEW. Everyone can have great men's matches because we see them weekly. NXT has this ability with its women's division to make everyone feel important. They're put on par with the men, and I think it's fantastic. So this segment for me was honestly just like you thought our women's division was, I guess one match on TakeOver might be a bit, mm, this is how good our women's division is. Here you go. And it was just brilliant. Yeah, I, that sudden, that injection of Ember Moon into that space and the, and the announcement of Tony Storm was like, you know, it did feel like they were sort of struggling a little bit after having Mercedes move on and Rhea's not quite ready for the title because they want they clearly want that at WrestleMania, right? Like, so that wasn't gonna happen for a while. So they needed something for EO to do. And suddenly, emerging from the mist or the the, the night vision goggle thing on a motorbike, the sort of exhaust fog comes Ember Moon and Tony Storm emerging from the Cancun Sea. Uh, like it's it's amazing. Like I I think NXT's women's division is fantastic. And yeah, I I, I completely agree. It's like presenting it because it's not about friendship, yeah. presenting it that it's about actual competition for the title and like yeah nxt does love a women's friendship storyline we've had tegan Knox and dakota kai candace has been everyone's blooming mate uh for for the last year and a bit and that you know that's at least fed into her current heel turn quite nicely but 
I was down on it at the time because it's boring to listen to people talk about friendship because that's not what the men are talking about. The men are talking yeah. about like, I genuinely hate you because I just hate you because you're in my way or you were rude to me or whatever it is. Like there's a difference in the sort of the kind of a difference in the gender of the storytelling there. This is great though. This is brilliant. We then got Drake Maverick arriving. Uh, I really like this stuff as well. This is suddenly taken on a really interesting tweet. We'll go more into it as the we get into the match because um, we'll just whisk through what else happened backstage. But he arrives and he said he's been texting uh, Dane. He said he's been messaging Dane, but then he says later he doesn't have his number. So he's clearly like, I don't know, DMing him on Instagram. I think he's he put said, that on Twitter. He showed DMs yeah. of him just messaging like 50 messages in a row and Dane not replying, which is just brilliant. Yeah, I, I like the fact that uh, Drake always builds into his stuff the kind of real world elements. That's obviously how he got the 24-7 title run as well. Like, he's very good. He's very good at social media. Um, and here, yeah, he was just saying, like, you know, I've been working all these ideas. I've got us music. Wait till you hear it. It's amazing. And Dane comes up and says, we're not a tag team. We're not friends. Uh, he's annoyed by the entire thing because Drake's booked them into a match against Everrise. Brilliant stuff. Uh, we then got the EO section. We then got Adam Cole talking backstage saying that uh, Sunday was not his best day. Kyle O'Reilly was very down on himself as well for like not pulling out the victory. But the rest of the Undisputed Era rallied around. We're like, you you, you know, you put on one of the best matches of all time. Well done. Cole says he's got a black eye and broken ribs and says that uh, Rich Holland is a dead man. That is undisputed, which is obviously a bit of a shame considering what happens later in the show. Because it seemed like that, that would be a really good little feud for Rich Holland and a good little thing for Adam Cole in the Undisputed Era to do that, you know, doesn't involve titles. Um, we then got Everise in the ring. And Maverick and Dane making their entrance to this really goofy music that Drake Maverick has chosen. It is, it is the most audio library music that ever audio yep. library did. It is your bog standard royalty free happy tune. I think if you put happy into like uh, audio <laughs> network, it's the first thing that comes up. It's brilliant. Drake's made a dance for it. Uh, he dances on the rampway and, and Dane's annoyed and sort of shoves him. He gets in the ring and he dances in front of Everise and Dane's really annoyed. Um, and so the first bit of this match is the notion that Dane just doesn't want to be involved in the match at all. And he's just like watching Maverick get beat up. And there's a point, there's a brilliant little bit where Maverick's looking for a, a tag and Dane holds his hand out, but he holds it really close to himself, close to the ropes. He doesn't reach in. He's just holding his hand out like, if you want it, come and tag. Um, but it all breaks down. Because uh, <laughs> uh, one of the Everise boys runs in and hits Dane um, as they're trying to sort of like pin Mavericks. So they're trying to knock him off the apron to get a pin. And that just annoys Dane, who then walks in, breaks up a pin, who's then in the face of one of the Everise guys who calls him a fat bozo. He then nails him and drags Drake back to his corner. And then <laughs> there was just a brilliant bit where... Uh, I think Vic just said, uh, this is tag team wrestling as Killian <laughs> Dane's draggling Drake Maverick back to his corner to tag himself in. Dane then hits the divide, a sent on, and he goes up to do the Vader bomb. But Maverick tags himself in. He's like, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do the end. And uh, <laughs> one of Everise pops up and shoves Maverick into Dane and rolls him up. But Dane just does a pump kick and then power bombs Drake Maverick onto to on top of the Everise guy and leaves him there to pin him for three. Lovely, lovely stuff. I really like this is what you wanted to this is what I wanted to see from Dane and Maverick teaming together. I wanted to see that sort of odd couple thing and and you know Dane continually being slowly won over because we're gonna get that point now. Because after the match, Drake starts dancing to the new goofy music that is obviously terrible, terrible music. Instead, he sort of just looks 
for a second, slaps Maverick down, but does carry him to the back after beating him up. So we have made progress. We have slowly thawed the uh, icy heart of the giant here. But we're going to get that moment where one time Drake Maverick does the dance and Killian Dane joins in. Mm. Cannot wait. I cannot wait. It's going to be the the team hell no hug. It's going to be the same thing. It's going to be the he's not going to do it, he's not going to do it. And then when it happens, it's going to be amazing. I think this was genuinely fantastic booking. It was simple, but there were layers to it. We'll, we'll talk a lot about Dane and Maverick, but Everise played their part well. And I think they were fantastic forwards. It was Matt Martell who was doing a lot of the stuff. He's His facial expressions are fantastic. And he played his role well in telling, sort of being the, I guess, annoying hill that pisses off Killian Dane. And that was perfect. I think it's the dynamic works well. It's two guys that aren't doing much. I think that Maverick should probably be cruiserweight champion right now, but they haven't handled that well and could slot well into the tag division, uh, him and Dane. So I think that w- it's two guys that weren't doing anything in the singles division. So let's put them in the tag division. That does need some real sort of depth to it. And I think this could be a story that runs for ages. It's a shame the crowd's not there because oh, sort of they are with the with the new Capital Wrestling Center, but not really. And I think mm-hmm. crowd would love it, especially when you get that moment when Dane does the dance, the pop would be enormous. So I think this has this got a lot of potential. You want that. You want this is this is a story that will really thrive in front of an audience because you want that moment every time that Maverick busts out the dance, the crowd are dancing along and they're shouting, dance, dance, dance at Killian Dane, who can get more and more annoyed every single time. But we see that slow. Uh, breaking down of his like guard and eventually he's going to drop it completely and just be like, no, me and Maverick actually are best friends. I really hope so. And then obviously he'll turn heel and attack Maverick again uh, and and that will lead to a singles feud. But in the meantime, we've got this brilliant little story. And, you know, this is a great use of Drake Maverick's comedy chops. He's a very funny, expressive guy in the ring. And this really sort of proved that, like him getting powerbombed onto your man from Everrise was just so much fun as a finish like you know using weaponizing drake maverick is a great little idea and he was so happy yeah he was so happy with it that that sudden realization (laughs) that he won the match he was like i don't even care anymore that's brilliant and then he gets and he gets the slap from killian dane but when he gets carried out like he's that sort of annoying like it i don't know i can only put it in terms of like in in any cartoon where there's a band of dogs and there's that annoying little yappy one that wants to be friends with the big one Drake Maverick's that little dog of just like, mm. he's just going to wear you down. He's just happy for whatever he gets. Like, yeah. it's great stuff. I love that. We then got a Tony Storm package. Um, Tony Storm, she said that, you know, she said everyone in NXT should have their head on a swivel because Tony Storm is going to be back. She was in Cancun. She's preparing. She said, uh, you know, this is the longest she's probably ever had off from wrestling. She's been wrestling since she was 13 years old. And she said she's nothing like the Tony Storm you've ever seen before. Um it was a cool little package. It didn't it didn't do a hell of a lot to advance Tony Storm's return, but it does make you excited to see Tony Storm come back because obviously she's one of the better performers that the NXT Women's Division has. I think she's back next week. I'm not entirely sure, so it'd be interesting to see. Um, yeah, I really like this. We then got a really quick takeover fact that was about Johnny Takeover that said he's complete he's competed in 20 takeovers now. Mm. Very interesting. That then led into a, a section with the Garganos. Um where they turned up at their house and they were having a little conversation. They said, obviously, Sunday absolutely sucked. They were both in agreement. You could hear the dog breathing the entire time. Uh, They said they deserved a rematch um, and things definitely need to change. They need a plan. But 
as that happened, Candice walked out of screen. Johnny was like, again, we need a plan, Machiavellian. And Candice called him over because a TV had been delivered for them from Indy Hartwell. And my note here, it said, like, this is a new TV for your guest room. Um, my note here is, like, are they going to adopt Indy Hartwell? Is that what's going to happen? <laughs> it's, like, I don't, it was brilliant. Uh, Johnny said something like, oh, why, like, why are you talking to Indy Hartwell? She's a goofball. And then uh, Candice goes, oh, no, this TV's from Indy Hartwell. And he's like, oh, I love that girl. She's fantastic. Yeah, it yeah. Was just free brilliant. TV. I love a free TV. <laughs> yeah, Indy Hartwell, my TV's also broken. So if you're buying them. If you're sending them out, Indy, then please. Uh, we'll talk a bit more about this in a second because this came back later on. We then got Austin Theory versus Leon Ruff because uh, someone's got to get his heat back. Uh, this was great, though. Like Ruff had a, like, I think because obviously they've they've worked together before a lot. Like Theory was a lot more giving in sort of giving Ruff a bit more of the match, which doesn't normally happen. Leon Ruff normally gets dunked on in about 10 seconds. So this was it was good to see a bit of like what Leon Ruff as a performer can actually do. He backflipped as an escape from a clothesline. It was like the that... most impressive thing I've ever seen. It was I, I and I, I so I to get past it, I watch it in sort of 1.25 speed. I slowed this down. This match, because it was too quick, I was a bit like, okay, I need to slow this match down because there's so much going on that I want to take it in. And it was incredible. The flipping out of a clothesline, it was honestly Leon Ruff in the cruiserweight division. He signed yesterday, so officially, so congratulations to him. He has a lot of potential. I think he could Mm -hmm. be a massive, massive player in the cruiserweight division. And this match was great for what it was. Yeah, and he did this this other really cool thing where he was like... He jumped onto the turnbuckle as an escape, but then jumped backwards and forwards between the two sides, lower and lower and lower, like hanging onto the ropes. It was like a parkour kind of escape. It was really cool. Um, But yeah, basically there was a slight slip up though, where Ruff sort of slipped on the top rope. And I think they just went straight to the finish from there where Theory just dumped him on his shoulders and then hit the ATF for the win. He then got on the mic and said, you know, that's exactly what happens when I'm given the proper time to warm up. Good stuff. Theory, like Theory's heel shtick is great. I think it works really well. I think um, Wade Barrett's uh, comparison as well, saying like, you know, he's like a young Randy Orton is really good. I do think Theory's going to have a really long career ahead of him. Like he's he's, a, he's an interesting character that's mm. evolving over time. Um, Theory then took the mick out of Adam Cole, said he's hurt his ribs and you can't come out and you can't uh, do anything about it. And he says, like, you know, I'm the future of NXT. I'll say it again. I'm the future of NXT. And there's not, there's not a damn thing anyone can do about it. And then Dexter Loomis's music plays. Uh, Dexter Loomis has got new music, I think. Uh, slightly mm. slightly more up-tempo. He gets smoke now as well. So he's getting extra drama on his entrance, which is good because Loomis is like, I think, evolved from that kind of weird character we didn't know anything about to having a bit more of a rounded sort of personality if you can have a personality without talking i don't know i think he's managed it um and they do they have a pretty good little match here like they do do some really interesting stuff i think my favorite bit of loomis's offense though is he did a roly he did a roly-poly jumping up and then did a monkey flip and it's like this the innovation levels it's like Mm. a, a monkey flip it's it is I know we've had a monkey flip recently to finish one of the NXT matches. That was the finish of the Women's Battle Royal. But like this sudden, <laughs> like Dexter Loomis, the creepy psycho who paints people while they sleep and uh, doesn't say anything and stares people out. And his finisher is literally he chokes you until you pass out and then sort of sits there stroking your head. He also does a monkey flip. 
<laughs> like a sort of kids playground style mm. Wee, off you go uh it's weird uh and yeah. there's a really cool moment where theory hit the drop rolling drop kick um and like sits up and is like yes i find you sort of won back the momentum he's taunting but loomis just stands up quicker like so quick and stares him down uh and then hooks him up with the silence uh blocks is blocked a couple of times he hits the urinagi then holds the silence in and theory passes out cold uh really really cool like it's good to see Loomis back in the ring. He's obviously just recovered from an ankle injury. Another one of the litany of injuries that NXT has had to deal with this year. Just as also Loomis's was sort of getting rolling, although it did seem like they were going to build up to a tag team thing with Velveteen Dream and some other stuff got in the way of that, which we've talked about plenty of times before. Um, so it's interesting that Loomis is now being pushed to the fore again. You've also done really good stuff with Austin Theory here. I don't think, I think Austin Theory can take a lot of losses before you need to give him really big wins because he can just continue to be cocky and annoying. Like just being in the ring with these people is enough for that character to build on. You mm. think like, I don't think he needs to win matches really. It's difficult because I think he's fantastic and his matches with, especially Cole last week was great. I just don't get Dexter Loomis. I know that's kind of the point. You're not supposed to get him, but I don't, I don't, I don't think he's NXT suited. And I guess that can be a good thing because he's not like your Tommaso Champers, your Johnny Gargano's. And that can work and you need a bit of uniqueness. But for me, I don't know whether it's just because I'm such a big fan of Austin Theory. I was a bit like, okay, I guess like it's it's nice seeing back and obviously good that he's healthy. But I don't know. I just I, I just don't. If I had to push someone in this match, it wouldn't have been Dexter Loomis. And I just don't know where you go from here. I don't know how much potential his character has with the fact that it is quite limited in the fact he can't talk. And it is very sort of spooky, creepy, which I don't know if that's very much suited to NXT. But um, Halloween Havoc's around the corner, though, mate, isn't it? So that's what mm, that's what he's here for. We're going to have a very he's gonna short He's going to win build. the title. No, I don't think he will. But I think, I think Loomis is the sort of character that doesn't need a belt at this exact, like, probably ever. But I don't think he really needs a title win for any reason um but i do think in a sort of fan environment where you tell the story that loomis has his eye on sort of breaking down the barriers to another sort of weird character through basically <laughs> sort of being like you're my muse i draw my art around you um you you could tell a story in front of fans where you do that same thing that they're doing with dane and maverick where you know you build up to that moment where the person that loomis has his eye on finally breaks and sort of succumbs to the flattery and is like well you know what you've drawn me enough times now i am on your team and they team together mm -hmm. i think you could get through it that way without having uh like promo cutting talking segments and stuff like that like you probably could then build to a tag title run or maybe a singles title run but yeah you i could see him being a good feud with priest actually saying that nxc's mid card division and we mentioned it earlier is doing some great stuff at the moment with mm -hmm. cameron grimes and uh, and uh, Rich Holland, obviously, unfortunately, maybe not now, but Austin Theory and Dexter Loomis. I think he could be a great either a one-off or a longer feud with Damien Priest. Definitely, I guess, the polar opposites in their lifestyle. One sort of a creepy loner, and Damien Priest is this partier who likes the whole social aspect of it. So I think that could be cool. But yeah, I guess I'm just such a big fan of Austin Theory. I guess it's a victim of that. It's just... I don't like to see him lose. I think he's got <laughs> so much potential that he could be NXT champion within a year, 18 months. 
Uh, yeah, but theory, you can do the slow build with like, you know, he's there and you know, also like, yeah, the, the kind of shakeups that are going to happen in NXT now, theory might be the person to step up and fill that void. Like, yep. I think, you know, I think Loomis is probably a very good shout for another, like a, a title defense, maybe a TV title defense against Priest, maybe at Halloween Havoc or something like that, you know, like that would be a really good little thing to do. Um, certainly seems like that could be on the cards because Cameron Grimes runs in and gives him the cave-in after he's made Theory pass out uh, and says, when I ask you a question, you answer me, freak. And then he goes off and celebrates with his, uh, his very white bum sticking out the back of his jeans. He's got a proper farmer's tan going on mm. in this Cameron Grimes. He's going to the moon anyway. Um, but yeah, what Cameron cave-in, Grimes, by the way. Yeah, it's what amazing. It's, it's a move where, I know RKO's out of nowhere, but this is literally out of nowhere. I didn't see it coming. I was a bit like, okay, just straight into the game. And I think that move is just so good. And Cameron Grimes is so good. He plays his role so well of like, I am annoying. You hate seeing me on your TV, but that's the point. I am intentionally annoying. My intention is to wind you up. And he does it better than anyone in NXT right now. I, I love Cameron Grimes. I want more of him on TV all the time. He then, he then had a little... And that's the thing. I want more of him on TV all the time. And he even had a little bit backstage where he didn't add anything to what he'd done before. They said, why did you attack him? And he says, when you, when I ask you a question, you answer me. You're going to learn that you don't mess with Cameron Grimes and walks off saying to the moon, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Dakota and Raquel were also interviewed backstage and said that, you know, as far as they're concerned, Rhea Ripley involved herself in their business. And then Ember Moon coming back in and acting like she owns the place and is in line for a title shot before me, Dakota Kai. We're going to show them all tonight what we can do spoiler they don't uh but yeah that that's to be discussed i'm just gonna there. say one thing here and it's gonna what? make sense what i say after raquel gonzalez said i'm gonna be done with real ripley or something like that i'm an ender for good she didn't but i think we've seen the end of ripley and gonzalez which is unfortunate because the singles match would have been good because i think either tomorrow or monday ripley uh gonzalez and dakota kai are gone I think they're going to really? the main roster. I think so. It, main roster needs tag teams. They're fantastic. With how stacked the tag division is, Dakota's had her singles match, uh, has singles title match. I can't see Raquel being in line for that shot. As you said, they've obviously got Prancer Rhea heading into WrestleMania, likely. Ember Moon and Io Shirai is bubbling over. Uh, Tony Storm and Io Shirai is bubbling over. So I can't see where Raquel fits in. And I think she just suited to the main roster. You're telling me Vincent Mann doesn't look at a six foot one Raquel Gonzalez and go, I like you. You you you're oh, gonna do yeah, well yeah. there. No, so but I, I think, think I think they'll try and hold on to her for I think they'll try and hold on for her to that one match. Like, you know, they got they managed to squeeze in the Mercedes Martinez match, Possibly. which was one of the better women's matches they've had all year. That cage match was fantastic. And they've been teasing this clash of the titans between uh Rhea and Raquel for ages now. It would be such a shame if we never got to see it. I know I obviously I don't think WWE particularly gives an F about that, but like, no, you know, I would, I would be a bit gutted if we didn't get to see a one-on-one between Gonzalez and Ripley, because I think this whole time that she's been involved in this stuff with Dakota Kai, Gonzalez has improved massively. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would be really, I'd be, I would be really, really gutted if, if that sort of, is all moved on before we ever get to see that payoff because it's something for Rhea to do as well that keeps her out of that title picture. Like you want to save her for mania. You need a, you need something for her to do and being like, I've got this everlasting tension. Will they, won't they finally have the match between me and Raquel Gonzalez? Like, you know, you've got a bunch of TV specials coming up as well. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you've got Halloween Havoc. Like 
that's a really good main event if you're going to do a Halloween Havoc night. I know they're probably not going to do, uh, they're not spooky enough for Halloween Havoc, maybe. But um, yeah, I think like, costumes. You know, we could paint Raquel Gonzalez like the Bride of Frankenstein. It's fine. Like Rhea Ripley can wear exactly. uh, vampire fanics. It's fine. Exactly. We'll make it a main event any way we can. But yeah, like that's something really big to do on TV. And then you can take and I them guess up if you've well. got to take them up. I guess as well, because Rhea is obviously a taller lady, but she is not as tall as Raquel. So having that, that I guess, thing to boast, listen, I can not only beat women who are smaller than me, I can beat women who are bigger than me too and taller than me and stronger than me. And I think that is a an impressive win. While a win over, I guess as well, you've got the same thing with Mercedes Martinez or Reckoning, I believe, or Retaliation or whatever mm. lovely word they've given her this week. You've no take your backs, please. It's you, you, Rhea can go. I've beaten someone that's bigger than me, I've beaten an 18 year veteran. I deserve a title shot, and I think that could be. I hope that they don't steal her from the main roster. I just can't see Vince going, Oh, uh, Hunter, you've got this feud bubbling over. Would you like another couple of weeks to let it play out? I don't can't see him doing that. I can see him going, Yep, they're mine now, do what you want, but we'll see. I uh, I don't think they care about the women's tag division particularly. Like you know, they're True. quite happy to have Baszler and Jax put people put Lana through a table every week and choke people out. It's fine. They can do that. They can do that for six months now until Mania, and then something True. else will happen. You know, unless they decide that they really want Sasha and Bailey to regain the tag t- the tag titles while not friends. Because that's the classic, isn't it? The only people who can beat people who weren't a tag team in the first place mm. and have a, who have tension within their own tag team is with more tension and more tag team. Um, is that John yeah, Cena I, around WrestleMania thing where he can't win the tag team titles uh, with, with with an established partner? It's always with his WrestleMania opponent. And it's just, exactly hate it. They'll do that. I, I think they'll do that. They don't they don't care about the women's tag team titles ultimately. So like they're not going to be plumping that division out with more people. They're going to be, if anything, splitting more tag teams up. Um, we then got Carl versus Finn, the sort of epilogue. I thought this was really good. I really like when Carl said, uh, I took my shot at the Prince. I didn't miss, but he hit first. They talk about they really put over the liver shot that happened in the match. It's a heck of a little package. All the presentation of that match really did make it sing completely. Really brilliant stuff. Obviously, the match is amazing, but like, there is just so much in the production value i think that that actually made this feel like it's the main event and yeah props to the props to the editors really props to the whole production crew for making that like you're just saying that as an editor i'm saying that no but yeah i think but this is yeah i am but this is this is one of those situations where like kyle and finn are obviously amazing talkers the whole presentation of this like very short-lived feud was done so well and all of these like you know these packages are normally these sort of like uh, road to takeover and epilogues and and uh, I can't even remember what it's called. The, all these packages. Prime target. The, that's it. Prime target. They're normally saved for these really big, like Johnny and Adam Cole have been uh, fighting over the championship for six weeks, or Champa and Johnny have been having this uh, friendship that boils into hatred for for years now. Like you know, they managed to do do that for this two-week thing and make it feel just as important as those things and yeah it helps that the match obviously rules um that you can you can really tell this here and you know there's there's a lot of drama coming out of that we then got rich holland turning up his mercedes which we talked about earlier uh we then got a damien priest package that was sponsored by burger king and i can only really 
I can only guess that the choice here was because Damien Priest's logo is also on fire. It's also flame grilled. I don't know. Like that's I because I could imagine a situation in which Damien Priest shoots the back wall and the the flames light up, but in the middle is the picture of a burger from a Burger King advert. It was fine. He was then interviewed afterwards. Yeah, he, he talked about being interviewed. And when he was speaking about the party, I wanted him to make a Burger King reference. So, I mean, I went on the town, had a nice night out, obviously ended the night with the Burger King, but didn't didn't yeah. take the opportunity. <laughs> we had a party. No, par- How was the party before takeover? Yeah, it was great. No, it was, we really, we really like uh, smashed up the town. Booked an area in uh, Burger King. We had the little balloons, got a toy. Uh, like, yeah, great stuff. <laughs> Um, he said that, yeah, he burned Johnny's name into the championship at TakeOver 31, and he said the next person will get a reckoning. Good little stuff to remind you who the champ is and why they're important, and also Burger King. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. We then got Rich Holland versus Danny Birch, which was uh, a fun little match that led to um, the attack afterwards, which I think was probably even better, apart from the obviously awful injury to Rich Holland. But, yeah, it's such a shame as well, because only Lorcan versus Rich Holland is two men slapping the meat off each other that I really want to see. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, And oh, the yeah. post-match was so good. It made it was probably the most interested in Rich Holland I've been. He looked awesome where he just kept getting up. Uh, but only Lorcan, who, who does like a a quick running attack or a forearm or something, he just kept going at, at, um, at Rich Holland and Rich Holland kept getting back up. He looked so good, which is why his injury was and sort of his uh, looks like he won't be on TV is so disappointing because I'd love to see these two have a match, but it's what can we do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a shame because Lorcan really does like bring out the best in people, and like, here he sold like a dream. Like yeah. Lorcan, Lorcan's angry face is the best angry face of all time, and him getting fired up and going to more and more extremes, and like Ridge just taking some of the offense, like he didn't do anything, was brilliant here. It's a shame. It is such a shame because this really did show you that there was something in just this one little match that w- would have been a great little TV match. Um, we then cut back to the Garganos in their house and they've set up the TV and Johnny is watching and circled in sort of like the uh, the dramatization circle of like, look at this important bit from the CCTV footage. He says to Candice, did you notice the amount of times that Indy Hartwell saved you during the match? Uh I really like this as like a little sort of wrinkle to the story of like being like, well, here's here's something that probably, you know, I didn't notice in the match that Indy Hart was continually saving Candice LeRae, but clearly that was something they they sort of laced into this match and will come to fruition now. It's a shame it sounded like they were recording this from the middle of a fridge. Like the <laughs> sound was so bad. Like where were they? Was the, I guess their aircon was on, but like it was mm. terrible sound. Um but yeah, I just now I do now wonder if Indy Hartwell's going to end up living in the guest room at the Gargano's house. Like, I'd love it. I'd love of... it. They take her in as one of their own. I want them to like to film vignettes where they're calling Indy Hartwell down for dinner, like she's one of their kids. I just think it, it's got so much. Like they tell Indy Hartwell to go and walk the dog. Like she, like honestly, I think there's so much potential for this to be entertaining uh, sort of series. I thought we weren't going to see these two today. And I thought they'd also be going up in, in uh, mm. tomorrow, but the fact we are, and the fact it looks like Indy, they're going to continue something with Indy Hartwell. And I can't say them, can't see them taking the three of them up. 
is interesting. So maybe we, I hope we don't lose one of them. I hope they both stay in NXT. Uh, so yeah, th- this is just a great way to keep them relevant, keep them doing something without having to have Candice or Johnny in the title feud. So yeah, thumbs up from me, definitely. And well, yeah, if, could- if, if you're listening, Indy, I do need a TV, so. If, if they're gonna if they're gonna extend the idea like you know i love this sort of stepford family vibes that the gargano were giving off when they first turned heel and they got the matching track suits and stuff but yeah if the gargano way is a real like kind of uh almost like a clean living style here's here's a philosophy for running your life it would be more interesting if they hoover up more people into that as sort of like almost like a cult but not yeah. in the sort of Seth, not in the Seth Rollins cult way, but in a sort of more subtle, like almost like a Weight Watchers style uh, thing, you know, like where it beca- it's a bit culty because everyone sort of just is into it on a weird level. But like when it's all a bit twee and a bit nice, and everyone talks about Tupperware or whatever, like you know, <laughs> um, these like weird pyramid schemes that everyone sells themselves in in <laughs> suburbia. But like, yeah, I, I think there's something really funny in that, and if, you know, if they get a few more people on board with it, there could be some really fun times with sort of like a wide a sort of Gargano family where they've got all these people staying with them and it's like good night Indy good night Candice <laughs> night there John boy like yeah I think there's a lot in it uh, so do more of that we don't yeah. got enough that just Thatcher can um and Thatcher said like was, he was just chucking out puns basically he said like uh you can't let life you can't let things slip through your fingers victories in hand shot of hand he said life's gonna grind you down until you quit so I'll be damned if I'm gonna let that I'm going to let it do it to me. I'll be damned if I'm going to let it do it to me. It's now seems like he's gone from a hardcore trainer of uh, fighting men who's got like a bit of a sort of predilection for violence to almost like washed up midlife crisis. Uh, he's getting his like beer belly and he's like, I'm going to, it's like Cobra Kai. It's like, he's like, I've got to train you karate kids whatever man like it's got this sort of air to it now so i'm not gonna let life drop me down just sort it out (laughs) (laughs) just i really like it i think it's i think it's fun i like this sort of like he's clearly having a crisis and taking it out on all of his students um that's just brilliant these sections keep him alive uh i'm interested to see where they go with him because he's obviously like he he is capable of brilliant brilliant matches they're just sometimes don't feel like takeover matches in that sense because they are a different pace and they do have a lot of stuff so i wonder if you know this will see a slight push for his character in a different direction where he's gonna he's gonna really take it up a notch and become something slightly different to to sort of get where he needs to go um but i did like this presentation i like this sort of like it's a nice evolution of the that just that can thing of just like you know we've Mm -hmm. seen weeks and weeks of him breaking arms but now he's now it's all about like you're sort of seeing the sort of facade fall away where it's like really you're just being violent because you've got a hurt in a child don't you (laughs) that's the problem like that's the thing he's 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 sort of having therapy in his own way um Mm. love it Uh, yeah it's awesome now we've got oh sorry but now we've got now we've got timothy thatcher and Kyle riley both as single stars i just want to see that i i don't care about anything else if we have I don't know, either Rich Holland reveals or someone reveals that Timothy Thatcher was behind it. I'm not saying he will. It will be Pat McAfee. But um, Pat McAfee. I think I, I just, there are so many options for Timothy Thatcher. 
moving forward. And I know he sort of had the feud with Priest, but I wouldn't mind seeing it again. We've seen we could see him with Finn again. They had another great match. We could see him with Kyle, with Adam, with anyone, with Austin Theory, with NXT's got such a wealth of talent that Timothy Thatcher would be fantastic in, in any of those feuds. And I think he's such a versatile part where because he's so different, because he's so technical, because he's got such this sort of fact he's a veteran, he's got all that behind him. You can slot him in anywhere and he doesn't feel out of place. So, yeah, he, he's a vital part of the division for me and I think will be massive for NXT moving forward. Definitely in that sort of if we're seeing the division either gutted by the draft or gutted with injuries, he'll definitely be a key figure uh, for that. Mm. And these Thatchcan sort of vignettes and segments really do help that. Thatcher could be a really good opponent for Finn, actually. If Finn's going to, you know, if they're going to try and sort of get Finn back into the mix as soon as possible and keep him as champion, Thatcher's actually quite a good choice for a first challenger for like a big title match because Thatcher's offense isn't bump heavy. Thatcher's offense is a lot about mat game. So Finn can have a lie down, rest his jaw and go, <laughs> ah, my arms, my legs. Like, you know, I think it still be a brilliant match, but it actually mm. isn't. It's not so much. It's not like you wouldn't want Finn to go up against Kushida next. Kushida's mm. who's 90% of his stuff is kicking you in the head. Um, yeah. You know, really like putting, hard as well. Yeah, exactly. Like putting Finn in there being like, well, Alistair Black's come back. We've decided Alistair Black's <laughs> gone back to NXT. Try and take a black mass, Finn. See how that goes. Uh, yeah, I, I think this, you know, Thatcher could be a really good, like, there's history between the two of them. He could be a good opponent for Finn. I don't think he'd win the title, but I think he'd be a good little opponent for Finn to do sort of bring him back into the mix in wrestling. Uh, We then got, uh, we then cut back to the sort of aftermath of uh, Ridge Holland's horrific injury. Um, He's been carted out by medical officials. He gave the thumbs up as he was being carted away and everyone gave him a clap, which is, you know, it's good to see that on TV. It's not obviously not good to see it happen on TV, but it's good to sort of get that feeling on TV. Like, you know, I think they, they handled it very well. The tone was right. Yeah. Uh, the, the thumbs crowd... up scared me. The thumbs mm. up really scared me because it's like, he's a heel. He knows he's a heel. The fact he's put the thumbs up means he knows this isn't good. He knows yeah. like people are worried. I've got it just for me. That was the point where I was like, okay, damn, this is really serious is if seeing his leg buckle underneath itself wasn't enough for me mm. it was the thumbs up that really tipped me over the edge that was like okay we're in some trouble here yeah uh yeah but at least at least it was handled very well yeah. and like you know like they did they did make the best of it and you know um wade stew said like you know this is this is kind of the game we're playing really he was like you know that these things happen this is this is a real thing where people do get hurt um and they just said what they needed to say, moved on with things. Because then Shotzi Blackheart came out in a cobweb tank. <laughs> so I guess an old tank. Uh, and then she was against Zia Lee. Um, Shotzi said, are you scared? And then Zia Lee said, let's go to Spicy, which I was wondering whether it was going to be another Burger King thing, but it wasn't. <laughs> it's just it's just Zia Lee's catchphrase. Um, Shotzi was wearing the Halloween Havoc tee. This whole thing felt like it was just really to put over the idea that Halloween Havoc was coming. We'd already had an advert for it earlier in the evening. Um, this just seemed like a sort of three-minute excuse to talk about it a bit more on commentary. That's fine. Um, Shotzi basically, yeah, hits a dropkick right off the back. Uh, she plants Ailey off the top very quickly, just pushes her down and then hits a big sense on and wins. Uh and like I said, yeah, this was just for the purposes of being like, hey, Halloween Havoc's happening. But as Shotzi was celebrating, 
Boa comes to the ring and he hands a message to Zia Lee, which uh, is written in, I'm guessing like Mandarin characters, but like she reads it, has like this look come over her face, like something quite serious has happened. And Boa's very serious and she leaves, uh, leaving Shotzi to continue celebrating. Interesting, because obviously Zia Lee's had a bit of frustration recently. She's had a couple of losses and been a bit vicious on the uh, backlash from those losses and, and not very sportswomanly. Um, so, yeah, I am keen to see what happens with Zia Lee because she, like me and Adam talked about her quite at length last week um, and said, like, you know, she's been in NXT for absolutely ages and she's just done that same entrance and kicked a few people in the head a few times and won a lot of matches, but gone nowhere with that. So, you know, maybe I wonder what's going to go on here. And this is another another story that you can tell with the NXT women's division that doesn't involve friendship. So I'm all for that if that's what this is going to be. But they got the Paul main event. Robert Stone. Paul Robert Stone. Boa stolen oh. his gimmick. Yeah, you think? Just recruit. Yeah, I think it's going to Robert be... Stone, Robert Stone's gimmick is being run over by a tank, Louis. It's not running oh, a women's team. Shotzi, Shotzi Blackheart was involved. How long is it before we see before we see Boa run over by a tank? I give it three weeks. I give it three weeks, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 nice, as you say, to Zaylee, who isn't, I guess, big indie name plucked from somewhere. Big so and so. It's it's someone that has been with WWE for a while, doing the developmental route, come up, done some sort of good work, but nothing really major story wise. Had good matches. Seems like. A sort of inner world where you get the crop of talent that are brought in and then those that are development and the development ones sort of stagnate on the whole. Um, Zaylee's shown glimpses of being able to progress into sort of a bigger picture and this was good. It was like, okay, we got a storyline now. She didn't win, but we weren't talking about the fact she lost after the match. We're talking about what this means for her and Boa. I think it'll be sort of a management thing, which I quite like. And I don't know if you noticed, but she left her fan don't know if it's got a specific name the fan thing in the corner so i guess that's sort of signaling that we could be seeing her do do away with that sort of like fun smiley side we're going to see a more serious xylee mm, which is even I guess, spicier xylee spicy xylee spicy lee ghost ghost chili pepper xylee mm. that's what we're gonna get too hot to handle yeah, at the so, moment, yeah. she's only jalapeno, Sia and mm. soon she'll be hotter. Uh, yeah, no, I I think it is interesting. And yeah, it's weird to see just Boa just arrive from no... Like, Boa's, where's Boa been? He's obviously been in the crowd a lot. But like, yeah. other than that, he is not really featured on NXT TV at all. So yeah, I'll be I'll be keen to see what happens with this little pairing um, and what they do with them. Because, um, yeah, I imagine they're not going to do like... A, I don't know, like a Chinese mafia thing, I guess. Like, because they've already got Legado del Fantasma. So it'd be, you know, but Boa was dressed kind of quite smart. So like, he's clearly working for someone. But then you could, I don't know, you could then do like a sort of crime family style thing with Legado del Fantasma facing off again. I don't know. It'll be interesting because there's so many options. So I like that about NXT. Like you can do something that's a bit of a mystery with some people that you weren't really expecting there to be any mystery about. And I can still be like engaged and entertained and think like, oh, I'm actually quite keen to know what the kind of outcome of this is, even if it's Zia Lee, who, you know, to all intents and purposes, hasn't really achieved much in NXT in terms of narrative. Like she's had she's had great matches. I think she's a great performer. She's come on leaps and bounds, but her narrative has literally been she's Zia Lee. 
and she's got yeah. a fan. So cool stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm really keen to see. We then got uh, Rhea Ripley and Ember Moon as a tag team versus Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. I really enjoyed this. This was a lot of fun. Um, I liked Ember's new music. Uh, it was, you know, one of the, I think it's one of the better new musics WWE's <laughs> managed to pull off recently. I don't, it's not as good as her original music, but it's still, it's got a different vibe and clearly she's sort of repositioning herself slightly as a sort of like a Mad Max furry. I don't know. Like she, she had like a, a wolf, a, a shiny skull wolf head on a hood and I like the fact that like, she takes it off and like sort of rests it on the pauldron. That's quite yeah. cool. But she also had a tail. Uh, she comes down to the to the ring and takes all the, the gear off. And then like she's sort of in jeans. So it's like it's a very different look for the Ember Moon character. There's no uh, contact lenses as far as I was aware. Like it's this really is like a, yeah, a complete refresh of who Ember Moon is. Um, I liked it. I thought Ember Moon's offense also looked pretty different to the way she wrestled before. Like there was a lot more, um, a lot more vicious kicking going on in this. So like she runs in and she immediately locks up Dakota Kai, sweeps the legs in like a really rough fashion, uh, does this running stomp to the face and then hits a running senton. Um, Moon then had like a battle with Gonzalez where Gonzalez kind of had a number. She she dropped down to the floor, got picked up like it was nothing. But then she suddenly just hit like three huge kicks out of nowhere. Raquel turns it around. Um, and then we got this like moment where there was a blind tag come back from, we came back from the break and Gonzalez was literally folding Rhea Ripley in half. <laughs> and I was just like, when the commentary put it over here, like they were like, we, we never see anyone do anything like this to Rhea Ripley. Like it's, it is remarkable that this is happening right now. And yeah, it just makes you like, I want to see them have the full match. Cause like, yeah. it it's, it's cool to see Rhea Ripley go through hell because it, it makes her a stronger character coming out of it. Because Rhea Ripley has had such a, she's had such a rock star presentation in NXT. She just arrived and immediately was sort of like in the face of Shayna Baszler, the baddest woman that NXT has ever had. Um, and yeah, like was the whole story there was that she was someone who could meet Shayna on her level and um, did obviously at multiple occasions like. You know, my favorite memory of uh, that is in the War Games match where Baszler's got someone in the hanging Kirafuda clutch and Ripley gets one of uh, Baszler's team up on the other side of the ring. And it's just like, yeah, okay, we well, can do it too. Like there, there was just this sort of like constant one-upmanship. But it's nice to see that um, flipped and be like, Gonzalez is bigger, like you said. She's taller than Ripley. She's stronger than Ripley by WWE's logic of if you are taller, you must be stronger. <laughs> um, but like, I think Apollo Crews would have something to say about that because he's yeah. really damn strong. Bianca Belair might have something to say about that because she is the strongest. But um, like, yeah, I, I just think that Gonzalez offers something to do with Ripley's character that actually puts her in a different situation. Like, obviously, she was out technical by Charlotte Flair. But here she can just be outstronged and she might have to rise up and kind of overcome that. Really good stuff. Ember Moon gets a really cool hot tag. Um, she fights off both Gonzalez and Kai with strikes. Uh, she chucks Kai into Gonzalez. Uh, she does this like running short flatline and then a running code breaker from Moon to Kai. Um, then they sort of like get into this bit where Ripley's in the ring. She takes a chiropractor and kicks out at two. And they were like, if that was anybody else but Rhea Ripley, that would have been it. It would have been over. Uh, Ripley kicks Kai off. Uh, and then Kai manages to kick Ripley off the apron to the outside. And this is where the end sort of starts. Because Ember Moon hits this like pop-up powerbomb. Um, and I was like, oh, not, not, not another knee. Because 
she sort of stumbled off to one side as she delivered yeah. it. Managed to sort of pull it out, but it looked like a, it, it did look like a leg almost buckled. And I was like, oh my God, are we going to get another like immediate injury on someone? Like Emma Moon's just come back from uh, tearing her Achilles off the bone. So yeah, the, you know, that sort of stuff does make you wince a little bit. But then she started to climb to the top, setting up for the eclipse. And uh, Gonzalez climbs up to sort of stop her and get in the way. But Ripley catches her um, and like drags her off onto her shoulders on the outside. And Kai gets through the ropes and sort of pushes them quite lightly with a foot and they stumble backwards onto the table. I think they were hoping the table would break, but they sort of spill over the top of it. Mm. It's still quite dramatic. And Ember's then on top set up for the eclipse hits the eclipse, which I don't know if you remember, Louis is one of the greatest finishing moves that WWE has ever had. It is one so of. cool. It is one so of. cool. It is the best, the single bet. It's a stone cold stunner with a twist from the top rope. Yeah. I mean, it is. what more do you want? It is a beautiful, fantastic move, and we have been sorely, sorely missing it. Uh, but yeah, I like, like you know, it was a good finish, and then and then uh, Ember and Ripley are celebrating at the end of the show, and and Ember offers a hand, and Ripley shakes it, and they sort of raise each other's arms, and yeah, so a bit of friendship at the top there. But I can only imagine that will last so long uh, before tension between Ripley and Ember bubbles over because they're both going after the same thing but i think it was nice to see a presentation of someone returning in nxt that didn't involve a really dramatic heel turn or like too much like this was a very classic like we're just going to return with ember immediately enter her into a match with the other people at the top of this division right now like Rhea. We're holding a little bit back. Like, obviously, I don't know if that was through shyness or whatever by putting her in a tag match where, you know, some of the burden can be carried by Ripley. And really, you can just give Ember, like, this big hot tag spot to sort of um, come in and do her offense. But it's not the same sort of wear and tear of doing a full match. But I liked it. Like, I like this sort of positioning Ripley and Ember as, like, respectful competitors who hopefully are just going to have a really good match at some point when they both go after EO. Um, I don't necessarily think we need a heel turn in here from anyone to like set that up. I just think they are both good enough and at the top of the game, at the top of their game and the game in NXT enough that putting them together just makes you go, yes, of course, these two. Yeah, it, it was it was a great way for reminding, but I guess we haven't seen her in 14 months. And even when we did, she injured herself in a 24-7 title chase. So when she was on TV, wasn't like she was doing anything of note that was like, oh, yes, Ember Moon is fantastic. So this was a way to remind us, yes, this Ember Moon is very, very good. She has a very cool finisher. Watch it. It was just a nice way to... Re- as you say, put her over as the top at the top of the division, being like she hang, she can hang here very well. I guess part of the under, the logic might have been she she hasn't wrestled in fourteen months, so let's put her in a tag match, as you said, to I guess maybe alleviate some of the pressure. But bearing in mind she's been out for over a year, it didn't look like she she was sort of lacking in any part or was was blown out or anything like that. She still looked like she could go, and it was great. And the uh, chances and the opportunities now that we've got of Ember and Candice and Ember and Rio and Ember and Eo and anyone. It's just so exciting that mm-hmm. I came away from this match just, I guess, fantasy booking in my head who I'd like to see Ember Moon wrestle next. And there are just so many options. So for me, this was a massive thumbs up. This was a, a, a good way to end the show. As we said earlier, I guess, and one of the, I guess, 
one of the criticisms and the only real criticism of AEW is its women's division. And I can't see women main eventing a show, but with NXT, it doesn't feel forced. It doesn't feel, and sometimes it does on the main roster, but here it didn't feel forced. Like, oh, we must shoehorn the women into the main event for PR. It was like, no, mm. this is just a top storyline, a big return of a former NXT champion. Let's put them in the main event. And they more than lived up to it. It, it was, it was honestly, fantastic match and yeah good stuff good stuff all around yeah i think it's telling that like raw and smackdown have to have these standout moments of like you know if you want some if you want the women to main event a raw or a smackdown you need something like sasha Definitely, banks and man. bailey like you know you need like you need something like sasha banks and bailey having a having something happen uh because they are two of the longest running performers in the women's division in WWE. They are two of the top women in the world at wrestling. And they have this backlog of history together as a tag team, together as partners and as rivals in NXT that you can pay off on. But it needs that like sheer momentum to even be allowed near the top spot. Um, and Raw and SmackDown didn't really earn that. Like they, so I think SmackDown's done a fantastic job more recently of earning that with those two. They really like, obviously, since um, the pandemic, they've been pushed into that position through lack of Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch. But like they, they've both risen to the challenge and they were always there. This is the thing. They, they always could have been in those main event spots. But like NXT has always kept all the plates spinning with all the women so that you can just be like, yeah, Ember Moon's back from the main roster. You would expect she'd be in the main event. But if Io Shirai comes out and gives her a look, you think, yeah, of course she's a main eventer. And Rhea Ripley. And you know what? Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez too absolutely deserve to be in a main event spot. They're not just there as filler for Rhea and Ember to be. They are legitimately top contenders in that division. I think the, the NXT women's division is one of, it's probably its best division. It's so yep. deep and it's so well done. And it's so clear what everyone's kind of motivations and uh, things are. And they've done better than some of, better than all their other divisions as well. They've done an amazing job of building homegrown talent within it. Like, mm. you know, and we are far cry as well from, a, from back in the day of like NXT before it went on USA, where all the divisions were one feud at a time. You know, the NXT championship is just, you know who was going to win the next NXT championship because it was so painfully obvious that, of course, Shinsuke would beat this guy and then that guy would beat Shinsuke and then someone would beat that guy and then someone, you know, blah, 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 blah. And the same thing happened in the women's division, but slightly but slightly less because Baszler just won all of those matches. So, like, yeah. the moment when Baszler lost to Rhea, like, obviously we had Charlotte Flair after that. Not fantastic, but because of Charlotte Flair, I think NXT actually invested a lot of time and effort in building the rest of the division up. And what they've got now is really like almost 10, 10 people that could all be in main event slots on a card and you just wouldn't bat an eyelid. So yeah, props to them for building that. And yeah, this was a fantastic episode that managed to, um, you know, Give the people who did really well at TakeOver a rest, you know, people who had like big showings and big outings um, and obviously had a lot to contend with, with injuries and other stuff. So people couldn't be featured, but still managed to push the stories forward in a really good way. Gave us a payoff on that really big return of Ember Moon as well. Gave Tommaso Ciampa some time to shine. Let's see more of the new Kushida, which I'm really excited about. And yeah, it's a it's a it's a travesty what happened with Rich Holland. It's a real shame because yeah, it, that seemed like an interesting story that to pursue. 
and yeah, uh, who is his sort of mystery Mercedes benefactor? Who's gi- it's Indy Hartwell. Oh my god, she's, gift- she's gifting out telly, she's gifting out Mercedes. Who knows what's going on? But yeah, I, I, I'm I'm intrigued by NXT. NXT's done a remarkable job dealing with these problems before. I'm sure they'll bounce back from these latest injuries. So I am very hopeful. Do you like quizzes? Do you like wrestling? Do you like watching self-professed experts in their fields being exposed as dangerous frauds? Then you'll love Quizzle Mania, brought to you by Parts Fun Known, the team behind acclaimed wrestling RPG No Rolls Barred. Join us every week as four wrestling pundits pit their knowledge against each other in a cerebral wrangle for prizes, glory, and a bit of good old-fashioned escapism. Enjoy the videos live every Wednesday on Parts Fun Known's YouTube channel, or subscribe right now to have them beam straight to your mobile device. Quizzlemania, it's the showcase of the Immorons. Now, Louis, there was a moment in this podcast where I referenced Terminator and I said it was like the moment where they dress up Arnie in Terminator 3 in a biker jacket, but he's in a gay bar and he's wearing like sort of like sparkly star specs and it's all meant to be funny because he's a robot because he doesn't understand how ridiculous he looks but you looked at me like you were a robot that didn't understand how ridiculous i looked because you haven't seen terminator i'm guessing have you seen any of the terminator films what films have you seen louis i name of name name of name of film you've seen and i'll tell you if it's popular or not have you seen jurassic park no have you seen back to the future I've tried to, but no. What do you mean you've tried to? I tried to, but my eyes didn't open. I've got ADHD. I can't pay attention for like two two hours. You watch wrestling. Louis, this is like (laughs) Raw is shorter than most. Sorry, Raw is longer than most films. Raw is, yeah, I know everyone's over. So watch it. How do you watch Raw? Watch it on double speed. There's also a a consistent narrative, Louis. Like, what, what? what do you what do you what do you watch apart from wrestling? Do you watch do you watch Cut. sport? Yeah. You watch sport, but you don't watch. I'm sorry, but I know you've I know you've said you've got ADHD, and yeah. like you know I don't know your struggle with that. But you can't, can't watch watch. you can't watch football and be like God. I can't watch a film like. I don't, I don't, and so my brothers will sit and watch a film every single night without fail, and they're always like, "Do you want to join?" I'm like. No, I just I, I'm so I'm watching Fresh Prince of Bel Air at the moment, rewatching it. So sure. that's perfect because it's short, concise. I can watch one, go and have an ADHD moment, and then come back. But no, I, I can't. I can't, the last film. What was the last film I went to the cinema to see? So you don't binge. You don't story. binge. You don't binge TV either. Oh, I can, but I will be on my phone or like if I want to do like two episodes max, and then I'm done. Fine. I think everyone, but everyone's on their phone all the time. That's the thing. I can't watch anything. Or I don't watch anything properly. I watch everything on my like. The, going to the cinema for me is the only time I've ever watched anything like with my undivided attention. And even then, there was a bit of it where I was looking at the back of someone else's head just for a change <laughs> of pace. You know, like I feel like everyone struggles very much with distractions now but i just think it's interesting that like yeah, movies is just your you just don't do, but you can watch raw. 
Mm. I, I know. Remar- it's remarkable, Louis. And it's, but it's not only movies, feel, like um, music. I just don't. So when everyone's sort of like, oh, I like music, I like music, I'm like, I don't get it. I wouldn't ever sit and listen to music on my own. If I am, I'd listen to a podcast or as bad as it sounds, just be in silence. I, d- I just don't I'm get I don't get the music thing. I don't get the whole, oh, I'm just going to sit and listen to music or music. If I'm down, there's a song that can lift me up for me. I just, I just don't get it. Have you ever tried listening to like brain music, like music that's just meant to be background? So it's just about focusing your concentration. So in in so in an English class I used to have, uh, the teacher put on I think it was whale music. So it was most supposed to stimulate sort of concentration and things like that, and that just distracted me. I would just be sitting there thinking, "This is whales. the most awful whale." Whales am I? Am I at Sea World? But no, it was it was just a distraction and i just I, I i just don't get like on the radio i will happily like if the radio's on i'll happily listen but i would never go out of my way i guess to listen to music i've del- i've literally deleted the music app from my phone hmm. i don't have it so do you find that you need to be like reading or like listening to people talk more often than not or what like so I like podcasts. What do you, what do, you so, do to fill your time, Louis? Is what I want to know. So, so um, w- w- I know Luke, Luke's, Luke said this before. When he's working, he'll have something on in the background. I can't do that. So if I'm writing articles for the website, I can't have a podcast on in the background or a, a movie or, or, or a TV show or music or anything. I just have to be working and doing sort of the work. Otherwise, I do get distracted. So what do I do to fill my time? So I'll run you through a day in the life of Louis. I wake okay. up normally nine-ish, normally woken by the dog who scratches at my door and comes onto my bed. So I let him in. Excuse me. Phrasing, sir. Uh, yeah, go on, carry on. Your dog. What, what, your dog what did I say that was on, wrong? Your dog comes onto your bed. Uh, yep. Crack on. <laughs> your dog comes onto the bed. And then I go change downstairs, have breakfast. Change. Oh, I know what I said. Crack now. on. Go on. Go on. <laughs> Tell me more. Um, what are we, what so are we now? Thought, nine nine fifteen. This is going to be a long. This is going to be a long outro, guys. Nine fifteen. We're at have breakfast. Normally, something on toast. Sometimes avocado if I'm feeling fancy. Mm. Watch some wrestling because I always fall asleep. So I will watch the sh- try. I will start the shows live, and then fall asleep. So I will catch up with what I've missed. I will then about ten o'clock start looking online for website articles to write. We do the morning meeting at 11. So I do that. Start my day at uh, sort of 11.30 by the time the meeting ends. And thrilling podcast listening. This is for everyone. And then about 3.34, I stop writing website articles. I have a lunch break in between about half an hour. And then uh, sometimes an interview mixed in there, uh, speaking to people to try and get exclusives or something like that. And then four o'clock, I go to pick my brother up from school. Now that obviously COVID's a thing, buses aren't a thing. So go and pick him up. And then home five-ish, watch some TV, I guess, just background noise, chill on my phone, play some football manager or FIFA, um, dinner, play football just manager chill. you can play a, you can play a spreadsheet but you can't watch a film i, I i'm sorry i don't believe this okay. is adhd so explain now. this me. is just this is just a, <laughs> this is just a choice louis like it's 
so I actually had this conversation with someone. Right, explain to me why you like D and D. Because it's a mental workout, and it's a game about improvising comedy scenarios to make your friends laugh, but also okay. you get to pretend you're an elf. Okay, so. I get to pretend that I'm a manager of a football team and I have to improvise in terms of if someone gets injured or a transfer offer comes in for someone, I have to adapt. It, oh, yeah, it's yeah, different. yeah. But it's still, a, it's still a spreadsheet. It's, you know, it's... I love numbers, though. I'm a bit like... like I, so the, When I came on to WrestleTalk, the main reason I started was I, I sent them a win-loss record sheet that I did where everyone's win-loss records. The numbers are my thing. So spreadsheet, you're just trying to entice me. I'm going to go and play the game after we've done this because I just love numbers and spreadsheets. My God. Uh, have you ever watched A Beautiful Mind? Because that's got a lot of numbers in it. You might like that as a film. Uh, you could also like, what other films use lots of numbers? I've seen Gold. The other one, the other one, Knowing, the Nicolas Cage one, where he gets a list of numbers and they're all dates corresponding to tragedies that have happened. But some of them, Louis, some of them haven't happened yet. And Nicolas Cage, brilliant actor that he is, has to go off and solve uh, where these accidents are going to take place and try to get people to believe that they're going to happen. Nicolas Cage, Louis, in a film, it's if anything is going to get you over your uh, ADHD slump around watching movies, it's this movie knowing. So I think you should go and watch that. Um, we'll cancel Adam being on the podcast next week because we're going to have you back to talk about knowing that you've watched um, and tell us what you really think and, and why obviously you're now a convert to the world of watching movies and it cured you of ADHD. Thank you. And I'll, I'll recommend all my fellow ADHD sufferers to you as the, the cure. Forget medication, forget therapy. It's just watching a film and spending uh, 10 minutes on a, on a podcast talking to you about why uh, my ADHD struggles can be cured by knowing starring Nicolas Cage. Solved it, mate. Perfect. Solved it. Well, there you go. If, if, you, if you want more uh, terrible quack advice about how to solve any of your problems, then listen to the Wrestle Talk podcast because that's clearly what we do. We also talk about wrestling. Uh, you've got the magazine show coming up tomorrow. You've got SmackDown on Saturday, and then we're back on the treadmill again with Raw next week. So please do tune in. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.